This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology shaped by channeled wisdom on the soul and its human journey. Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom. Welcome to The Soul's Journey. This is uh, your host, Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. Thanks for joining me this week. Uh, I have an interesting sco- uh, story to tell you about the uh, ongoing Scorpio story uh, for all of us, including uh, I mean, I'm going to finish up uh, Pluto through the last four houses, 9 through 12, as we started last week, 1 through 8. And then uh, I'm going to talk about how Saturn in Scorpio unfolds this invitation to go deeper into the truth deeper into the the things that are more difficult to look at and uh, to challenge ourselves to to deal with that. And then I'm going to parallel that with Persephone's underworld journey from maiden to queen of the underworld and what happens when Persephone comes back up to the surface. And then uh, I'm going to finish with uh, talking about Mercury retrograde, um, which is going to start on November 6th, and it goes from early Sagittarius back into Scorpio. So a little bit of an underworld journey for Mercury as well. So this this uh, this show I'm calling uh, Inside Scorpio, and it's uh, just one more uh, layer to take you deeper into all these themes. The first thing to uh, to tell you is if you're having uh, some uh, freakouts or potential threatening of freakouts uh, because of all this stuff, uh, I want to tell you to get the MP3 from the full moon call that I did on October 29th, just a few days ago. And for the Taurus full moon, uh, channeling the Ascended Master Jehudi to take you on a grounding meditation and then to release energies. And he does energy work on you, even if you hear the MP3 long after the call, meaning you can use it again and again to clear stress and tension. Focus. He focuses on uh, chakras one through three and five and uh, talking about the Scorpio drama that can come up and then the... Torian antidote. He goes into great detail about uh, more detail on this one than the previous six uh, full moon calls uh, about the tension between Scorpio and Taurus and what it means having the uh, the Sun in Scorpio but with Saturn in Scorpio. So again, it's it's all about taking us. Uh, all my my thoughts the last few weeks have been geared towards taking us deeper into understanding more about Scorpio so we can navigate it more consciously and get rid of the. Uh, uh, real or supposed boogeyman that we think might be waiting on the other side of that dark closet door. So get that MP3 from my uh, website. I do that on a donation basis, a sliding scale, uh, suggested 10 to $25, and I will send you a secure uh, link to download the MP3. It's about an hour long, each of them is. And um, yeah, so to help you come out of the tension, anger, stress, and overwhelm that might be coming up the last few weeks uh, since early October when uh, Saturn first hit Scorpio. So the Scorpio connection continued inside Scorpio. Oh, actually, wait a minute. Just take a pause. I have I have a very special announcement. I almost forgot. I even have it written down here, but I forgot. Uh, a few days ago, I released The Soul's Journey to Emotional Archaeology. 
the second volume in uh, what looks like it might be a long series for me to, to fully tell uh, the story of the soul's journey using evolutionary astrology and the insights from uh, channeled from ascended masters and working with uh, people who have been deceased or the dead. And uh, so the, the, the first volume laid out all the principles. And that's called uh, Soul's Journey 1, Astrology, Reincarnation, and Karma with a Medium and Channel. Very self-explanatory. And Volume 2 is called Emotional Archaeology. And it is the edited transcription of a two-day intensive workshop I taught in Yakima, Washington, uh, just over a year ago with uh, seven people to take them deeply into this process of what I call emotional archaeology, digging through the strata of what has happened you know, from this life and other lives, the layers of emotions that go deep down and that shape us as energetic beings, uh, you know, living our lives according to beliefs, and yet we have to acknowledge that these beliefs are shaped by our experiences over time. So emotional archaeology, I, I had done many, many times with clients, and I was talking with uh, one of them who happens to have a, a yurt for metaphysical events on her property, and she said, uh, I've never heard anyone talk like that. I, I want to learn that. Do you want to come up here and do a workshop? So I did that last September of 2011. So this is a transcription. So there are seven chart examples uh, after all the principles from the first book are gone into very deeply. And the examples in the first book, I stand by them and they're wonderful. And yet to sit with somebody for an hour to talk about his or her chart and to take, you know, to talk about the past life uh, landscape and how that's affecting Family dynamics, family uh, relationships, work dynamics, um, life purpose—you know, spirituality. Every part of life is covered in this uh, in this uh, fabulous book. So, the Soul's Journey to Emotional Archaeology uh, released just a couple of days ago. You can get that on my site. Uh, you can also get that tdjacobs.com, and you can also get that through Amazon and Kindle. Uh, so the Scorpio Connection, I'm just so excited about that book. I, I could actually just tell you about how wonderful it is for the most of the rest of the hour. It's uh, One more thing. I will tell you that it's uh, – uh, I transcribed the whole thing, and it's um, it was inspiring to me at the time. And then, of course, some of the particulars you know, left my mind. But then as I transcribed it, I realized that each of these seven people, while learning this process, while you know learning this depth – approach to evolutionary astrology and soul and reincarnation past lives and learning to look at their experiences in a new light through a new lens, each of them had in fact already had major ahas about certain life experiences. So it wasn't – and when you read the book, you'll find that it's not that you know I am educating them and they are suddenly waking up. It's that I'm giving them some – tools to work with experiences they have already been processing or already worked with. And uh, it brings light. It brings fresh air. It Sometimes it takes the burden off when you understand why your family system was structured the way it was. You know, This is all about souls being in cahoots together. And each of these people, we talked about uh, family dynamics as a, a families being the karmic incubators for any of us in any given life. So the soul's journey to emotional archaeology, go to tdjacobs.com, Amazon, or Kindle to get that. I'm very excited about that uh, for you to read that. The next step in the, in the soul's journey story, there are actually uh, four more volumes in process or planned. Uh, and this one just kind of won out to be volume two, uh, the next logical step to tell the story. So with all this, uh, with all this Scorpio business, 
you know, as I talked about last week, we're supposed to look under the surface at what's really going on. We're supposed to confront uh, the appearance of a curtain or a wall or a door, and we're supposed to be willing to look behind it. So when we <laughs> encounter that invitation, we often find something a little more intense than we might be comfortable with on a day-to-day basis. When you work with somebody who, uh, as Pluto in the first, there is a Scorpio, strong Scorpio influence, sometimes these people hold space that makes some other people a little uncomfortable. And it's because they have to live in that world where they have to be able to look at something that's a little challenging for many people to look at. Some of those people, of course, get off on that. Some of them do it, but they're afraid of it. Some of them do it, but they're afraid to tell you because what they're doing is maybe a little taboo or a little risque, or they know it would make you uncomfortable. So Saturn's in Scorpio, and now the sun is there, and Mercury has been here, and the transiting north node is there, and now Mercury's going to retrograde back in. So we're not done yet. It's not just that we just had a full moon in Taurus, and we can all move on now. The Scorpio invitations continue. So what, what happens when – what do you do? When you find that thing that's behind the curtain, lots of times uh, this is about psychological or emotional motivation, how what you're trying to do has been shaped by uh, painful experiences from the past or uh, desires that you may or may not want to admit into consciousness. There, When you really look at your Scorpio self, there is a hunger for truth and intensity and reality. And if you, for example, are surrounded by people you perceive may be uncomfortable by what you're thinking or feeling or wanting, uh, then, of course, if you step back away from it, you create tension. So, you know, we had the full moon. I'm suggesting you get this MP3 from the full moon call. And there's this Taurian remedy for Scorpio stress. Yes, of course. And the full moon that we've just had is the perfect opportunity to do that. Uh, and yet, it, as I said, it's not done. We have to keep looking. So, you know, feel free to call in and talk about the Scorpio stuff. Uh, the number is 877-230-3062, and I'll take a look at your chart, or we can just talk about these things, these uh, themes in general. Um, uh, but so Saturn is there. It's challenging. It's work. Roll up your sleeves, put your nose on the grindstone, and have a reality check about what's going on under the surface. Anger comes up, fear comes up, and all anger covers over pain. So when you see anger, know that pain is just around the corner. Incredibly uh, important to understand that because when we live a Scorpio story, we sometimes find that we cannot deal with something anymore. Saturn coming in there and then the sun joining it, uh, you know, is this shining this huge flashlight on the thing that we have to overcome, the big challenge of Saturn. Uh, being in the sign of digging below the surface, and that uh, can be very challenging, very, very difficult. We all need to talk about Scorpio truths. Everybody does. Even if there's not an emphasis in Scorpio, there is always a deep need for truth. Right now, Saturn and Scorpio, your radar for baloney is a little more active. There's a little more of a hard edge there, and so uh, you need to honor that. 
I'm going to talk about Persephone's underworld journey now to talk, uh, kind of give you some, um, I guess, ideas or images to work with when you're confronting whatever it is that's up for you. As I said last week or in previous weeks, some of what's coming up is this feeling of powerlessness, right? Saturn being limitation, Scorpio being power over, power under, uh, that way of being. So for some people, uh, there's that going on, and you might feel powerless. Well, uh, using the story of Persephone, uh, it's, it's, it, I think it's very interesting to do so. She is the classic figure from the underworld who we think didn't belong there. And she is this innocent maiden figure who was uh, frolicking with her nymph gal pals all day every day and they know all the flowers and they speak to the animals and trees and they're 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 very close to nature and they're innocent and uh this uh, series of events occurs unfolds and i explain all this in the the chapter in uh, living myth uh, exploring archetypal journeys that book which is also available through my site and amazon and kindle and uh the there's a double long chapter on Persephone because it's so important. And uh, the chapter is called Persephone's Ransom. And you can actually get that on my site uh, for free on tdjacobs.com. I posted it up there because the Persephone story is so incredibly important to so many people, this feeling of innocence lost and snatched away into maturity or something. Um, and then once you read that chapter and you want more, there's an MP3 on Persephone called Myth and Archetype uh, that I offer through my site as well. From the, uh, from the media page. So Persephone is this innocent, virginal maiden, and she has not a care in the world, and everything is wonderful and idyllic. And then a crack in the earth opens up, and a chariot with four black horses and uh, emerges, and it is uh, driven by Hades, the lord of the underworld, whom we also know as Pluto. And he kidnaps her, and takes her down to, you know, what we might think of as hell, but his realm. And uh, we're supposed to feel terrified for this innocent youth being snatched away. And the, the very fact is that anyone living a Persephone story can be snatched away by somebody very Plutonian. Intense, dark, tall, dark stranger, brooding eyes, that kind of uh, <laughs> prominent forehead, whatever. But kind of, um, you know, somebody who brings what seems like darkness but is actually truth. When we look at Persephone stories, we need to be abducted in it. So Saturn right now is actually dragging us into the underworld. Saturn is saying, I'm actually sitting here putting on the costume of Pluto. And so my, the reality check that I always bring you in transit now is like Pluto, Plutonian reality check. So I'm going to drag you down into your own underworld to see how you tick, to see what's going on. And um, so Saturn's our teacher right now. To, for all of us to see uh, how to do this, and this, you know, the, the the full unfolding of Persephone's story uh, tells us. So we fear the loss of innocence. We fear going into the dark, and we fear going into places where this is a better way to say it. Like the more we learn, the more educated we are about ourselves and self-reflective and understanding our histories and going down spiritual uh, garden paths. The more that we actually see that. Well, it looked like we were afraid of the dark, but we're actually afraid of where we can't carry light in, which is dark. So, um, but sometimes we have to surrender our attachment to being able to see things and be willing to feel our way through something. And this is the Scorpio journey. You can't always have light with you. 
but you can feel your way through it and gain experience through that feeling. This is the water sign that's the about depth, you know, digging below the surface, feeling below the surface, plumbing the depths. So Persephone down in the underworld, no longer innocent. You know, there's a whole thing about her, this transaction where she uh, eats these pomegranate seeds. And in effect, oh, it was just six pomegranate seeds, big deal. But the effect is a transaction, and this marries her to the Lord of the Underworld. Dot, dot, dot. So stick with us. I'm going to come back and finish the story. Uh, We're going to take our first break now. is here. To evolve now, we must understand ourselves on all levels. It's time to live more consciously, release the past, heal our emotions, and develop solid boundaries going forward. What's the bottom line? We need to be present. A Living in the Present Tense Astrology Report by Tom Jacobs explores four points in your birth chart to help you upgrade your experience of energy and emotion. Pluto, Chiron, Lilith, and the asteroid Lucifer as Lightbringer are explained to help you heal and experience your multidimensional self. Readers call this report amazing, beautifully written, right on the mark. Join others living in the present tense today. Order your report through tdjacobs.com. The way you're wired is no accident. Your soul has divine intentions for this life. Understanding those intentions can bring greater peace and harmony to your world. A Soul's Journey soundbite from astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs is a 15-minute MP3 reading on your major life themes. Tom's unique approach to astrology sheds light on the big picture of you, your values, passions, fears, and family dynamics as divinely designed by your soul. Gift yourself and others with insight and understanding by ordering your Soul's Journey soundbite today at tdjacobs.com. back to the soul's journey this is your host tom jacobs from tdjacobs.com and today we're uh the show's called inside scorpio <laughs> and we're talking about um uh, already covered we talked about this this invitations with saturn and scorpio and uh continuing the conversation the explanation from last week and now i'm talking about persephone's underworld journey and we fear for this innocent maiden who has been snatched away below the surface. And uh, and yet the fact is that when she makes this deal, eats these pomegranate seeds, and uh, essentially marries Hades or Pluto, she is willing to look at Pluto, look in his eyes, and to treat him as real. Now when she does this, and this is what we fear, we fear marrying the dark. We fear opening ourselves to the intensity of what is unknown, what we cannot bring light to but must feel 
in order to learn through it. What she does is she becomes the queen of the dead, the queen of the underworld, and she is outfitted in regalia. She is in this fabulous, uh, you know, she is anointed queen. She is made queen, crowned, and she has the respect of all who live there. So she had to look Pluto in the eyes and essentially take him into her heart and body, and as a result, she is matured. She is now a woman, and she's not just any woman. She's a woman who has basically seen it all. <laughs> so, you know, we fear this abduction story is how I usually talk about with Persephone with clients. Uh, we fear that, and uh, yet everyone needs to be swooshed away, snatched away, swept away into a new state of maturity by life, by intense life experience. Where Persephone is coming from is being sheltered to the point of near suffocation by her doting, controlling mother, Ceres, also known as Demeter. And uh, so now she's you know swept away into this new thing. Probably it was frightening. But once there, uh, she was able to stand up within what probably seemed fearful, uh, what probably brought fear to her before, and able to stand up in that and uh, gains new levels of self-respect. Now, as I talk about this, Persephone taking Pluto into her heart and uh, Hades and Pluto into her heart and body and becoming mature, this process for us with Saturn and Scorpio uh, has much to do with being willing to look at what's truly happening. For example, uh, I might be mildly annoyed with something in my world. Well, that's just what it is. And I may react, I may not. I may mention it, I may not, uh, to a person or the person that it might apply to. Uh, but now that we have this emphasis in Scorpio and the work of the moment, Saturn in Scorpio, is to dig below the surface, I may not even want to know what's really happening, but as I'm sitting, doing my thing, doing my business, whatever, uh, I become aware of how deeply that affects me. Maybe it's not just a mild sense of annoyance. Maybe it actually takes me to another place if I really get in to that feeling. Now, anger tends to be unacceptable to us. We don't want to deal with it. But Saturn in Scorpio says, not only do you need to deal with anger, but you also, like realistically, you also need to see what's happening in order to deal with it. But you also must become willing to feel the anger so that you can constructively work through it. For many of us, as soon as Saturn hits, you know, it was October 5th when it entered. And then, of course, the sun followed uh, three weeks, you know, under three weeks later. Um, we became aware of deeper feelings. For some of us who try to keep control of things, that can lead to some chaos. And, uh, you know, then we have this, this full moon happening. And then we have uh, transiting Mercury crossing the North Node. That's another event for looking below the surface. Like, you know, transiting North Node indicates an opportunity. And transiting Mercury kind of speaks to our general mental state and methods. So it's kind of like we have to step into new territory by looking at what is really making us feel what we're feeling. and uh, But because this is a almost three-year transit of Saturn, we have to develop constructive, practical, concrete things to deal with what's coming up. Saturn in Scorpio can be famous for projection 
anything on Scorpio. <laughs> Pluto's famous for projection. So uh, my suggestion is to be aware of what you're feeling and not react to it right away. And somebody seems to be causing this issue or seems to be stoke, uh, stoking the, the fire of annoyance <laughs> that could uh, become some kind of raging blaze. But don't do anything about it. Go deeper. Ask where this is really coming from. Ask in what way you're making – you might be tending or wanting to make somebody wrong for your feeling. It's a huge Scorpio lesson for a lot of people. Um, so Persephone's in the underworld, she has conscious awareness. She chooses to be in that space. She gains self-respect and maturity. And uh, yes, if you look in Persephone's eyes when she comes up from under the surface, she is not trying to be the maiden. Right, and she does. For uh, two thirds of the year, the decision is eventually made through a council of gods to appease uh, the mother who freaks out when this happens, because uh, Ceres, which is another program, uh, <laughs> another ten-hour radio show, uh, uh, defines herself in terms of how she protects and cares for her daughter. Terribly problematic, if you look at it. Uh, she can't afford to let Persephone grow up. So Persephone comes back up uh, from the underworld uh, for part of every year, and the mother is appeased, but Persephone never gets back to the state of innocence. And if you look in her eyes when she comes back, you would never think her innocent. You couldn't. You couldn't look at her uh, as her actual age, <laughs> which in this story I read as 14, 15, 16. I just read her as uh, – you know, kind of post-puberty, pre-adulthood, kind of in that weird space that we have called teenager. Uh, but I see her, I see her as that age. And I, I don't know what the myths might say, you know, about her age because they just say she's this maiden, you know, this virgin, this maiden, this young, young girl. Uh, but I see her as this, you know, on the edge of adulthood. But when you look in her eyes, she no longer has a chronological age because she's seen it all. So, Right now, if this any of this resonates with you, you are seeing the underworld stuff, or you're being invited to open to see it. You know the more difficult side of something. Why am I angry? Do I have the right to be angry? You know, uh, if I did have the right to be angry, and I found out that I am in fact angry, do I have the right to do something about it? You know, can I be respected if I speak up? Right? If I tell the truth, will I be honored and respected? So. Right now, if, the, if any of this resonates with you, that's the process you're in, figuring out what you're feeling and if it's okay to express it. And, um, and that is, uh, that's, very, that's very important. Um, before we uh, – well, let me just – I'm going to finish the, uh, the astrological houses from last week, uh, Pluto and houses 9 through 12, and then I'm going to talk about uh, the Mercury retro. And, and uh, please call in to uh, ask your own questions about your own chart. Uh, the number is 877 230 3062. You don't have to talk about Saturn and Scorpio or your own underworld, <laughs> uh, but uh, g give us a call and uh, and we'll take a look at your chart and answer your questions. Um, as I talked last week about uh, Pluto and the houses, we talked about uh, fear and dealing with fears even unto death because last week I was talking about life and death uh, and how to deal more consciously with the fact of death so that we can be more fully engaged with life. If you, if you didn't hear it, go back and listen. Uh, it's, a, it's a great show. And uh, I covered house, uh, Pluto in Houses 1 through 8. Now in uh, Pluto in House 9, um, 
the, the soul's need to become empowered has to do with belief. So fears have to do with believing things or not believing things. <laughs> that uh, that's a lot of, of what uh, happens in the ninth house. Some people with Pluto in the ninth are born to highly, deeply, severely religious families, and they leave it or they continue it. Some people are born to families that uh, reject religion but embrace education and reason. Some people uh, are born to multicultural families, uh, and there's this relationship with this ninth house, these ninth house themes of faraway things seeking the truth and seeking answers, um, and also uh, expansion and uh, and faith and belief. But a lot of people throughout human history have done this through religion. Actually, one of the the first chart example in uh, the Soul's Journey to Emotional Archaeology has uh, the the woman has Pluto and Leo in the ninth, and she was uh, preaching when she was about eleven. She was proselytizing and preaching and born into a, into a, a very Christian family. And then, um, in her twenties broke away and, uh, found herself exploring every other religion on earth for two to three to four years each. So she is extremely educated about all these religions because she has, you know, cycled through them all because she becomes empowered through seeking the truth and religions throughout human history have been a, a huge thing. So some of the fears that come up with Pluto in the ninth house have to do with Fearing what would happen if people knew what I believed or fearing what would happen if I refused to believe this thing I absolutely cannot believe. So that's part of the fears that come up with Pluto in the ninth. Pluto in the tenth, uh, the tenth house is about who we are in public. So, uh, you know, kind of tenth and eleventh houses are kind of no-brainers given how, uh, you know, normalizing influences in society sometimes don't take well to Plutonian truth, Plutonian honesty, or taboo issues, or the occult, other things that that do fit with uh, Plutonian energy, uh, or 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 honest sexuality or intense uh, sexuality. Uh, so in the tenth house, this is a house of who you are in public. Uh, it has to do with ambition and reputation. And, um, you know, being in the world and being seen as a symbol of something in the world. So people with Pluto in the 10th may have fears about being seen in the world or about their reputation changing because of something honest about themselves being found out, something true in their makeup, true in their desires, true in their in their sexuality, true in the, the way they think, you know, uh, being revealed publicly. And a lot of them have had... Uh, uh, different things from under the surface revealed publicly, and that has led to public shaming in many of them. And some of them, you know, a Pluto anywhere can lead to uh, people ganging up on you at some point in some life, you know, on the Earth timeline. Uh, not that we've done that constantly, but geez, we've done it quite a bit. <laughs> and uh, but in the tenth house, it's about who you are in the world, the job you chose, the the thing you you stood up in the meeting and you said the thing, and people were like. Who do you think you are? And kind of uh, that can shift. Now, uh, then in the 11th house, we have um, the groups of people. So in the 10th house, it's kind of like you're a symbol for something. But in the 11th house, it's you're actually a member of a group. You might not be a symbol for something. but uh, And when we are in the 11th house, we're trying to find people that we agree with, You know, who, who the phrase I use is uh, what we want the future to look like and how we find other people who want the same kind of future. Um, but the empowerment journey in the 11th house with, with Pluto says, I'm actually going to find a bunch of people that I can't work with and people I shouldn't hitch my wagon to. 
So some of the disempowering experiences have to do with joining a group and then it transforms into a mob and you get lost in a, in a, tr- a trample or you, your, your voice gets lost. Sometimes the group can actually turn on you too. So Pluto and the 11th, people are sometimes shy about getting involved with groups or working with their own goals. And, uh, uh, so that, uh, that can be, that can be a difficult thing. And then the last one is, um, uh, Pluto in the 12th. And, uh, and then we'll get to our first, uh, our first caller. Um, Pluto in the 12th, the 12th house is about learning how to live in two worlds. How can I be a human while also uh, living on all these other dimensions, all these other realms? And uh, so Pluto in the 12th, we often find natural law is our teacher. So the ego works towards something and life says, actually, that's not going to happen uh, because you're supposed to learn how to come up against something very, very difficult so that you learn to surrender. And that's the name of the game. So people with uh, Pluto in the 12th house very often find themselves in different lives overwhelmed. So they fear uh, – I'll just tell you, I have Pluto in the 12th. And sometimes I have had issues uh, standing at the ocean at, uh, uh, in the dark. <laughs> it's, it, might sound, it might sound a little, um, a little silly, but I have um, – I used to live in uh, Venice Beach – uh, and also in Santa Monica. And uh, if I were on the Santa Monica Pier, it's fine. There's a lot of lights there. There's a little amusement park dealy and restaurants and, and arcade or whatever. And um, But if I were at the Venice Pier, it's pretty much dark. A couple of like, street lamps along the pier itself. Uh, and the feel of the ocean would terrify me. I mean, I would go and it'd be beautiful and it's dark and maybe there's moonlight, maybe not, but I can sense the energy under the ocean and it's so giant that it would freak me out. So this, this, this thing with Pluto on the 12th is the fear of overwhelm of things that you can't wrap your mind around, can't understand and can't see sometimes. Um, so basically sometimes giant weather events have, uh, have, uh, you know, contributed to a person's, uh, karmic journey with, with, uh, Pluto on the 12th. Anything, that you must learn to surrender in the face of. And so with Pluto there, you often find difficult truths that you have to surrender to, including uh, learning about death and loss. And uh, ideally, we all learn that, uh, anybody with a 12th house emphasis, including Pluto, ideally we'll learn that letting go is important, but of course, we are humans, we get attached, and so there's, there's part of that learning journey too. So now we go to our first caller, Nancy. Uh, Nancy, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, Nancy. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for calling in. And I and, uh, have your chart up. So so uh, what what's your question? Um, I, I don't really have one other than I, I guess my career. It's kind of crazy right now. Um, uh-huh. Changes happening. <laughs> um, what do yeah. you see with my career house? Yeah. Well, the first thing is um, your north node's in the 10th house. And for all, you know, for how I look at the North Node, it's the opposite of what we're comfortable with. So we're all challenged to go in this new direction to the North Node. So what this means is that you have many, many, many lives of being um, trained to be at home or to define yourself in terms of the people you come from. So it's like, you know, not that you're always a housewife in all these lives or something, but but to, to establish a reputation and to do what you want in the world hasn't really happened a lot. So that, that brings up some challenges. And then you also have Chiron, which is a marker of sensitivity, conjunct that north node. And that means that when you do go into the world, you're unique. 
So just make sure that you don't fear the judgments or rejection of others if what you want to do with your work is unique. Does that make sense to you? Uh, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It does. You'll always show up as different. So I hope that you can, you know, relax about that. So that's, that's kind of, that's kind of the baseline. But then transiting Uranus is there right now. And that's, the transiting Uranus is there. And then Pluto is squaring all this stuff from the seventh. So transiting Uranus in the 10th says you got to shake up who you are in the world. So your job has chaos right now because, uh, is it your job or are you self-employed or, or can you give me a little about that? Cause something's being shaken up. No, there, there's a lot of chaos where I, where I work. Um, I'm a like a payroll coordinator, and um, mm-hmm. but I'm a flash admin services uh, okay. co- uh, yeah. coordinator. So I just have a lot of uh, things going on. So I, I wear many hats, and right. Uh, right now I'm having to really step up to the plate and being pushed out of my comfort zone to yeah. um, to do more. Um, and it, I'm having to fight for what I feel is right and. I won today, so I'm happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. yeah, you're you're getting asked to not only step up to the plate, but also get comfortable in that and realize that being bold in the world, being bold in a job and having to fight for something, Aries 10th house, classic signature of needing to fight for something. It it you know, this is a this is a, a module for you, a learning tool for you to gain that confidence that yeah, I can speak up. I can say this. I can ask for what I want. I can tell you what I need. And I can also learn to manage something where I sometimes don't listen to what you need because you have the Libra South note. So you're a professional at negotiation, but sometimes in the 10th house, we just have to make decisions. Yeah. You know, in Aries, like trusting. So, so this is about you trusting your instinct. And that's going to challenge a lot of you because you have Pluto in the fourth too and Sun and Moon and Libra in the fourth. So your heavy, heavy fourth house, I would like to be comfortable and safe and quiet. And I don't, you know, that kind of, you know, not that you're always retreating, but your tendency would be to stay quieter. And this Uranus thing is pulling you out saying, are you willing to stand up to be a warrior? Because you have to add that to your repertory now. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. I, I feel like I'm fighting to be president. You know, I, this is what I can do. This right. is what I. These are the tools that I need to be effective. And if you want us to succeed, this is what I need. And I, right. I'm fighting for it. I'm fighting for it's it. It's beautiful. So. It's beautiful. Yeah. Just make sure you're still taking care of yourself, but it's beautiful. I mean, ironically, you have this asteroid Persephone that I just talked about. You know, forever. You have that in your first house in the sign of cancer. So you have a very, and so Uranus right now transiting is squaring the Persephone while Pluto is opposing it. So Persephone in the first, you actually have to, you know, abduct yourself into boldness. (laughs) You know, like, like abduct yourself. Yeah. 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 You know what I'm saying? But anyway, like to show your heart, to, to guide your life based on what you feel. And so the other function of this stuff at work is for you to make the decision, is this the kind of work I want to do? And is this the role I want to have? Because this perceptioning the first says, I'm part of me is not sure how to make self-interested decisions that are bold and independent through my heart because it's in cancer. So I didn't give anybody your birth data, but I'd like to. It's um, September 23rd, 1968, 12.26 a.m., in mm-hmm. Augusta, Georgia. I, I forget that. I try to do that at the beginning so they can follow along. Um, but yeah, it's it's chaos to get you to be bold. It sounds like you're doing it, so that's great. Yeah, I, I yeah. am. 
<laughs> good. Okay. good. Well, good, that good. answers that does answer my question. Great. Thanks for calling, Nancy. Great. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay. You're welcome. Bye bye. That's interesting. The the, the caller is uh, Persephone in the first, <laughs> and uh, Pluto is opposing it, and uh, and uh, Uranus is squaring it. And actually, this Persephone, uh, Nancy's Persephone, is uh, square her nodal axis. So it's kind of like that sense of independence actually in some lives vexes her, and she's not quite sure always how to do that. So we're going to take our second break and then come back and do uh, Mercury Retrograde. Stay with me. is here. To evolve now, we must understand ourselves on all levels. It's time to live more consciously, release the past, heal our emotions, and develop solid boundaries going forward. What's the bottom line? We need to be present. A Living in the Present Tense Astrology Report by Tom Jacobs explores four points in your birth chart to help you upgrade your experience of energy and emotion. Pluto, Chiron, Lilith, and the asteroid Lucifer as Lightbringer are explained to help you heal and experience your multidimensional self. Readers call this report amazing, beautifully written, right on the mark. Join others living in the present tense today. Order your report through tdjacobs.com. The way you're wired is no accident. Your soul has divine intentions for this life. Understanding those intentions can bring greater peace and harmony to your world. A Soul's Journey soundbite from astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs is a 15-minute MP3 reading on your major life themes. Tom's unique approach to astrology sheds light on the big picture of you, your values, passions, fears, and family dynamics as divinely designed by your soul. Gift yourself and others with insight and understanding by ordering your Soul's Journey soundbite today at tdjacobs.com. Welcome back to The Soul's Journey. My name is Tom Jacobs. I'm your host uh, from tdjacobs.com. And um, I want to tell you that uh, about two promotions um, that are going to happen now uh, through most of the rest of the year. The first thing is uh, if you mention the radio show, The Soul's Journey radio show, when you book a consultation, you'll get $25 off. That makes an hour reading for the rest of the year, $100 when you mention uh, when you mention the show. And I cover just about anything. Go to my website, tdjacobs.com, and check out the store or the services page, one or the other, to read about uh, the hour-long consultations. Uh, the discount is applicable to the hour-long only. And uh, you can talk about anything. You can talk about astrology. You can have a channeled reading. You can get energy work. You can you know, read about all the things that I do. Um, so, so that's the first one. The second one is uh, the the ever popular Soul's Journey sound bites, uh, which are about fifteen minute, though actually usually eighteen minute because I'm verbose. Uh, overview of your Soul's Journey in an MP3 format, and uh, and I offer these uh, normally for twenty dollars each. And last year they were uh, people went gangbusters for for getting them for themselves. I, I unveiled them in November last year, and also giving them as gifts. And so they're twenty each. 
uh, for this 15 slash 18 minute MP3. And then, uh, there's a discount 10% on three and 15% on five, uh, to give us gifts. So these are, these are amazing and fabulous. And I've collected a bunch of feedback from, uh, people who bought them. And that's in a PDF uh, on my site, uh, on the store or, um, a services page, either one. And there's also a video, uh, on YouTube and also my site where I talk about the soundbite and what, why I'm doing it and how it functions and what you get. So that's all at tdjacobs.com. So now we're talking about Mercury's retro, and Mercury a few days ago went into Sagittarius, so it might seem like some of the uh, Scorpio stuff <laughs> stopped, but not really because, um, as I said, almost three years of Saturn being there, the sun right now, uh, just about a th- um, not even a third of the way through its uh, solar month uh, trek through it. And uh, so now we have Mercury is going to station uh, at four degrees Sagittarius on the 6th of November, uh, five days from uh, today's date. And uh, and then on the 14th of November, it's going to retrograde back into Scorpio. Now, the transition from Scorpio to Sagittarius is Scorpio is this under the surface, what's really happening, what am I feeling, I'm obsessive, whatever. And then it goes into Sagittarius and there's a lightness, something can move. Something can expand. Something can happen finally after all of this, you know, dredging uh, the ditches and below the surface. Um, but then, when Mercury stations and starts to go retrograde, we have to rethink things, and that's the the whole thing about uh, Mercury retrograde. You'll notice things, perhaps machines, mental processes, scheduling experiences not working well, people changing plans and canceling things. Um, everybody's mind starts to work a little differently. Uh, You have the opportunity, by the way, about whether this is a terrible experience or whether you can learn to see more about your habits, patterns, and assumptions in order to gain more self-awareness. It's up to you. Lots of people will be freaking out and driving like crazy people, um, but you don't have to. So when it goes from Sagittarius back into Scorpio, we're back in that reflective place. Back in that, seeing below the surface, feeling more below the surface. And um, wherever Mercury is transiting, we, we don't always pay tremendous amount of attention to the transits because it, it does move kind of quickly. Its, cycle is about, uh, its orbital cycle is about 88 days. So, um, But wherever it is, our communication styles can flow if we look at the sign it's in. So it's been in Scorpio, look below the surface, blah, blah, blah. And then now in Sagittarius, expand. Ask more questions, seek more experience, um, make more right brain intuitive connections, more, you know, emotional IQ connections, uh, all this kind of stuff with the right brain and, and, uh, intuitive stuff. Going back into Scorpio, we have to rethink some of the things we were dealing with. But the gift is more insights can be available about how things really work. And since the pressure lifted when it went in Sagittarius a few days ago, we might feel a sense of renewed ability to kind of look at some of those scorpionic themes. We might feel tired, but, you know, Saturn hasn't even been here a month, so I don't think anyone has the right to be tired quite yet uh, from all the Scorpio stuff, but we're challenged to stretch into looking. Um, now then, Mercury turns direct in Scorpio on December 10th, and then it's um, going to be... Actually, it looks like I've written the date of the shadow down incorrectly. So, um, so don't count on me for that one. But anyway, uh, it's going to be direct on the 10th. So, so from, uh, the 6th 
through the 10th, uh, 6th of November through the 10th of December, um, we have this, uh, no, actually, no, it goes direct on November 26th and then back into, back into, uh, Scorpio on the 10th. So, Essentially, we have approximately three weeks of um, things uh, seeming uh, to not work that great, but we have the opportunity to look into things and to gain insights and to, um, you know, to, to help things make more sense by understanding, again, our assumptions and uh, our beliefs about things. So um, just to recap some of this stuff, you know, I, want you to, uh, I want you to think about this intensity, and I want you to observe clearly your reactions to it. And um, this whole underworld journey for anybody can be uncomfortable. We learn something about ourselves that we don't like or we learn something about somebody else that we don't like uh, but or somebody brings something to us that we have to deal with that might take us out of our comfort zone and, and seem to threaten to take us uh, down into our own underworld. And uh, – Take Persephone as an example, but change your mind about what happens to Persephone. Again, go to my website, tdjacobs.com, and find the article, uh, the chapter from Living Myth on Persephone, and then get the, uh, the MP3. It's about an hour of going deeply into the myth and archetype to, to understand this notion of abduction and how we need to mature. We need to grow up, but we don't always know how to do that. That's the key to Persephone. A part of us feels like this innocent maiden forever. I don't care if you're a man or a woman. This part of you feels like an innocent maiden. And uh, there's no uh, realization of how to do things. You know, we don't understand. You might know, like Nancy the caller, cancer in the first, her Persephone. She might have a sense that she needs to guide her life and make decisions based on what's in her heart. But she would have had to learn that failing somebody teaching teaching her and maybe that wouldn't have happened when it happened for a lot of other people you know in her in her age group um you know maybe she didn't quite know how to be bold and stand out but this uh you know we have to abduct ourselves when nobody else will do it now at certain times in our lives people will abduct us but at other times they won't and we're sitting around and we get bored and uh we're not sure how to get out of it, and we must invent an abduction scenario. I, I often use this this example when I when I teach uh, Persephone. Um, I graduated uh, college in a small town in Ohio. It was about an hour away from where I grew up, and and uh, coincidentally, uh, my mom lived in the town, and 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 we're, we're tight, so I kind of had that that family stability in the little town where uh, where I went to school. Uh, she moved there after I started going there, and. Um, uh, completely coincidental, I promise you, <laughs> even for somebody with a cancer south node like me. But my, um, you know, I, about a year and a half after graduation, I was bored to tears. And uh, I realized that I wanted to live in a big city and I didn't know how to get there. And I had to abduct myself, but I didn't know how to do it. I had to get away. Um, and uh, I ended up moving to Boston when a friend had a room open up in his apartment. And uh, so uh, I abducted myself. He called me and said, I have to find a new roommate, kind of stressful, don't know what to do. And I said, I'll be there. And in a month, I was going from small town Ohio to the big city, getting my feet wet, you know, getting getting my footing, all this stuff. Uh, so we do have one more caller. We have um, Pat. Pat, are you, are you there? I'm here, yes. 
Hi. So let me uh, let me enter your birth date. So go ahead and uh, and let me know what I can do for you today. Okay. Do you want the birth date? Is it is it May fourth, nineteen thirty nine? Yes. Uh huh. Eight thirteen a.m. Six thirteen a.m. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I'm sorry. What was the city? Bridgeton, New Jersey. Bridgeton, New Jersey. Okay. And my childhood uh, recreational themes have just been washed out this weekend. Your childhood, I'm sorry, your what? My childhood recreational scenes have just been wiped out this weekend. Ocean City, New Jersey, Atlantic City, New Jersey. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I see. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a big question, Tom. My Persephone yeah. is 21 Capricorn, and yes. my Mars is 22, 22 Capricorn, both in yes. the 8th house. Mm-hmm. What do I do with that? Um, I have them in the ninth house. Do I have your birth time right? May fourth, nineteen thirty nine, six thirteen a.m. Uh, Eight thirteen. Ah, okay. Let me yeah. uh, let me add that. I uh, should have a twenty degree Gemini rising. There's some question about daylight saving time that year in Bridgeton. So you have twenty Gemini. Okay, great. So yeah, so they're so they're in the eighth. So essentially, your Mars is your will, and that's gonna you know your desire function your your Mars. You also boundaries. And self-assertion, and that's in the sign of Capricorn. So there, there needs to be structure. Sometimes you're going to be slow to act, you know, that kind of Capricorn idea. Mm-hmm. In the eighth house, a lot of stuff about trust. So your Mars is more is most visible in uh, in intimate relationships, right? So so eighth house is said to be sex, death, and other people's money. It's what you share with others and all the parts of life in which you reveal yourself to be most vulnerable that that's the eighth house here okay. now yeah. persephone says you might not be sure at some point in your life to some degree or to some point how to open to trust people and to be self-assertive in intimate relationships mm-hmm. now it, the, basically the part of you that remains um you know f- forever young <laughs> that kind of like persephone innocent maiden thing has might have to do with sexuality and might have to do with how can I trust you and how can I have you rely on me? At some point in your life, uh, probably how to protect yourself within a relationship or how to protect others, you know, mm-hmm. how to stand up for others, you know, uh, with whom you're, you're really close, um, and also sharing with others. So basically, somebody else might come to you, look you straight in the eye, very Capricorn eighth house kind of thing, and say to you, the God's honest truth. And part of you, like especially when you were younger, might not be sure how to respond because you, your, um, you know, Mars and Capricorn in the eighth might actually be okay with confronting deep truth, but Persephone here says that it's important for you to um, sometimes be abducted into being able to do that. So you would have been snatched into honest relationships. You would have been swept away suddenly into a relationship where somebody can see everything about you. And that might have been, you know, interesting. Does that make sense to you? We're actually coming up on time. So it, does it that does, make sense? Yes. Yeah, yes. great. Uh-huh. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for calling, Pat. Thank you, Tom. Okay, great. Have a good night. So uh, thanks for listening uh, to another episode of The Soul's Journey. My name is Tom Jacobs, uh, tdjacobs.com. And check out The Soul's Journey to Emotional Archaeology. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Take care. You've been listening to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs, a fresh look at astrology and soul inspired by channeled wisdom. 
For more information, tune in every Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific. Connect with Tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com. That's tdjacobs.com.